0: This episode is sponsored by Neuro. Do you ever constantly feel like you're falling behind and can never catch up and the stress and anxiety are taking over?
1: Are you used to being productive and efficient, but lately you've been feeling sluggish and unable to stay focused for more than a few minutes at a time? Looking for an alternate choice to cut back on those energy drinks and giant cups of coffee? Then we've got the
0: choice for you. Try Neuro. Neuro is a brand of gum
1: and mints used to energize, calm, and focus whenever you need it. Neuro was developed by former athletes training at the highest level who didn't want to take mysterious supplements or energy drinks when studying, training, or going out. Instead of something sugary and ineffective, they wanted to create clean, balanced energy that could be taken anywhere, anytime. With thoughtfully curated ingredients and endless lab testing, means that you can reach
0: the right state of mind safely and consistently. Get that clean burst of energy and focused without the effects of coffee or energy drinks. It's a smart way to fuel body
1: and mind, stay in the zone,
0: avoid the jitters, and crashing.
1: Our listeners will get an automatic discount of up to 20% off on any gum or mint products using our link, tryneurogum.com slash potential. That's try-n-e-u-r-o gum slash potential.
0: Once again, that's trineurogum.com slash potential. Order now. Get that clean burst of energy and focus. And remember, know your potential. Potential
1: Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks.
0: Da, 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 da. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Stewart. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow fighting Nazi archaeologist, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the latest action-adventure film, and the quote-unquote final chapter of the Indiana Jones franchise, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This had four writers, good grief, <laughs> Jez Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, David Coop, and James Mangold, who directs this film, the first film of the franchise not to be directed by Steven Spielberg. That's right. But James Mangold, who, man, he's made quite a name for himself. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of great work. Uh, you know, I still hold up Logan as one of the best uh Not only one of the best films ever, but one of the best superhero films uh and he's coming up with uh now getting to work into Star Wars as well. so Lucasfilm has definitely uh kept an eye on him uh but this was this was a big one uh this is a film that has taken forever to come out, has had a lot of uh delays and rewrites and a whole bunch of stuff and for a lot of us who are fans of Harrison Ford and this franchise, we were wondering will this movie ever come out? Uh, will he be too old to do the role? But uh, we finally got a trailer and we got a title, and we started getting these hints of de aging and time travel, and uh, we were very interested to see where this film was going to take us. So we will be discussing spoilers.
1: Yes, so if you don't want to know, you better
0: go see the movie first. Uh, that was my impression. Not get that off, great. Get but, off you know. my plane. Oh, sorry. Wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> Be funny, you know, they should do they should have him and Clint Eastwood just do like a, a movie of just two two neighbors that hate each other.
1: Oh my <laughs> just, gosh. Just,
0: just they keep just yelling at each other's lawns. But yeah, um, the, the anyway. Name,
1: the, the title of the movie curmudgeon. Uh
0: <laughs> yeah, curmudgeon. Taylor, what is a brief synopsis of this film? And then let's get into it.
1: Yes. So set primarily in 1969. The film follows Indiana Jones and is a strange goddaughter, Helena Shaw, who's trying to locate a device that could change the course of history before this uh, Nazi-turned scientist can take it for himself and actually change the outcome of World War II. So yeah, Chris, you and I are both super excited, both huge Indiana Jones fans. And for those of you, if you want to know how much fans we are, you can go back and check our full episode celebrating 40 years of Indiana Jones. Uh, we talk a lot about that. But um, yeah, from from the initial, knowing they were going to do another in the movie and knowing what we thought about the last one, which, Again, when you have such an amazing trilogy, and it's so beloved, when Indiana Jones 4, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, came out, we were so excited about that. But really, it was really a letdown uh, in comparison, especially with Spielberg helming it. Now with Mangold coming, maybe a fresh perspective and maybe a little more of a grittier take, pretty excited about that. But the trailer, like you said, was great. There was de-aging. You saw young Harrison Ford, uh, this idea of time travel, which I thought was pretty cool concept because it's something that we haven't talked about and there's so much lore in indiana jones to to pick from this was something that i had thought was very original very different so i was pretty excited about this
0: yeah what was unique about this film is the first four films all deal with religion and this one doesn't uh you know i i still stand by that that i really enjoy kingdom and the crystal skull yes there's some cheesy moments and i'll never forgive them for that fridge moment. But that still was a movie that was based around a religion. It just happened to deal with aliens. Some people were like, there shouldn't be aliens in the Ann Jones movie. Well, there was. Deal with it. It's George Lucas. I mean, the man does love his aliens. So for this to do time travel, I was like, this actually could be interesting because you know, with the use of stuntmen and the aging and stuff, we could actually have a lot of screen time with the younger Harrison Ford if maybe he has to go back in time to stop some things happening so that history is not changed. That is not what this movie is, unfortunately. Um, we do get one really long opening sequence with de-aging that was actually, in my opinion, the best part of the movie. Um, you know, we open this whole section where this is where we get to meet Harrison Ford's uh friend who we had never heard of before in any of the previous movies. Um this is always something I never really like in writing when it comes to, you know, franchise films, because it's like, we don't want to make connections to previous installments. So we just, you know, come up with a whole brand new character. So we just have some character to follow. Um, And it was a shame because I actually would have loved to see Toby Jones have been like the sidekick in this movie or like, you know, the kind of partner. Uh, But Toby Jones is this, uh, you know, scientist and, um, you know, we're in this Nazi Germany and it's, it's, you know, 1939 or something and and Harrison Ford, I mean, I would say for all the films that have done de-aging so far, it looks pretty good. Like, yes, I think the most noticeable was like when he would like fall and like his head would shake and stuff. Like, you know, a lot of big action sequences. That would be a little noticeable, but like in the pure light, it looks pretty good to me. And it was good to see the old mug back. The Here only was th- the flaw, though.
1: Yeah, the only his thing. Voice. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. The only thing that threw me off is once he started speaking, I'm like, okay, this is uh, you know, thirty this is you modern know,
0: 40... day Harrison yeah. Ford smoking a cigarette, having to come into work and be like, all right, I'll record some lines. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: exactly. It was they um... couldn't
0: uh, they couldn't de-age his voice. I mean, they did that for Star Wars with Mark Hamill. They got some guy to you know talk younger. So, I don't know. That was kind of a flaw, but the whole opening sequence, I thought was fantastic it was real classic indie it was like you know he might have escaped from these nazis being held captive on point um you know we get to meet you know kind of this nazi uh chief commander of this uh this area we're in and clearly you get to meet our villain uh played by mads Mikkelsen, who is this scientist who, you know he's his whole deal is they're trying to find all these artifacts and this is based on true history of yeah. you know hitler wanted to find these different things obviously this this plays a huge part into uh Raise of the Lost Ark, um, you know, to try to, you know, give a power to the Nazis. And of course, hey, what if you could turn back time and, and change things? So we, we get to meet some of these pieces of this Dial of Destiny. But I mean, like the, the you know, Harrison Ford, like pretending to be a Nazi and like this, the goofy comedy antics of that sometimes. That is what I love from my childhood watching the old yeah. movies. Is he's just so charming with that. He can play off the comedy, he does the action very well. It's a whole train sequence, which is awesome. It was just a great opening sequence. And it was like, okay, this is our kind of introduction to what this device is, who our villain is, who uh, by the way, Matt Mickelson in this opening sequence, who is also a little DH, not as much, um, I do love the design too. The glasses reminds me of the bad guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark a little bit. Yeah, Todd. Um, yeah. But he gets uh they're on this train and it, you know, they've kind of escaped everything and all these hijinks ensue, and it's been thrilling. And it's like a good 25-minute-long sequence. Yeah. He has a gun pointed at him and he's like, All right, Dr. Jones, give me give me the dial. You know, it's like, give me the piece. And they're on this train, and one of those Things that usually, you know, goes by, you know, the things you had to jump away from and uncharted to. Yeah. Um, smacks <laughs> him, smacks him off this train. Like
1: right in the face. so
0: hard. Like smacks him in the head. And then when we meet him later in the movie in the modern the present day of the the sixties, there's like no scar, no damage.
1: Okay. And he's also I'm like, full, dude, you should full... be he flies off a train that's what going forty some miles an hour, uh, or yeah. maybe oh. faster than that. So yeah,
0: <laughs> and he's okay. Just something to make it yeah. like, dude got hit pretty hard. But yeah, we get to modern or the modern day of this film, the sixties. Uh, we find Indy is uh, he's getting separated from Marion. He's a drunk. Um, you know, he's retiring, and a lot of this, a lot of people were upset about some of this. These choices, like. Indiana Jones would become a drunk. I'm like, yeah, he would. He doesn't have adventure days anymore. He's old now and he's lost quote unquote, the love of his life. Obviously yeah. he's had a few maidens in his day, but Marion, he got married to her at the end of the last film.
1: Yeah. And he... and
0: now they're separated. And yeah. we also, you know, we do find out some information about his son. We'll get to you in a second, but we get to meet our first other main character, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Who is the daughter of Toby Jones's character? So she's his goddaughter, Indiana Jones's goddaughter. She was really annoying to me. Like, <laughs> I, no. and it's not that I don't think she's a talented actress because I love Fleabag and I've seen her on a couple of other things. I just didn't get this character. I didn't get the reason why we should care for her. Um, yeah. And they do other flashbacks to kind of set up, you know. This was another formula of, oh, my father researched this item his entire life. He dedicated his life to it. He went a little insane over it. yeah, and so we should go find this device to kind of honor his memory. We've kind of had this story play out in other Andy Jones movies, yeah, and I kind of wish they just had done something different with this dial. I still wish it was the you know, I think the dial of Destiny still is a cool title in in the device. I just wish they had done a little bit different groundwork to use this device within the story of like why we need to go find it. Um
1: yeah, like you know. maybe, maybe her dad had, had gone crazy and and because of it, you know, he died, or because he died in the pursuit of it, she wants to go back and save his life or something like yeah. that. Um but yeah, they we kind of shoe in this relationship and there's only really one flashback and he, he affectionately calls her Wombat, but it's like this is my goddaughter who I I met like once. And so it just it felt like a shoehorned relationship where I'm like there's so many other characters we've established or there was so much, there was a better way to do it. But yeah, I didn't really feel excited about our character. I think she's a great actress, great comedic timing. She's done, I mean, Fleabag, you know, star Wars. So she, she has the chops, but it just, it didn't fit with the narrative. And then she also has kind of a plucky little sidekick, um, which is kind of like the short round of this you know, movie. And mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like he wasn't really a fun character either. And it was like, I just kind of felt like, oh, we're just doing a short Ryan clone, but not as charming.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we have our bad guy, uh, you know, Jorgen Mads Mikkelsen, who this whole detail that he is, you know, he survived that attack on the train. He worked his way up to becoming a scientist for NASA. And this whole big day that we open up to in New York City is this big parade celebrating the apollo moon landing yeah i'm like that would have been such an interesting plot to follow of how this scientist has worked his way into american nasa to help with them and then maybe through that he's trying to figure out how to find this thing on the side to then change history and, and you know change the outcome world war ii and they kind of just walk over that detail you know and i was like that's kind of like a big deal that he, you know, obviously he's still a Nazi. We kind of get that he's still a Nazi. I mean, Mads Mickelson, he's just so good at being a villain. And even though this is not one of my favorite villain roles of his, he still does what he does in this film pretty well. Um, but he's got a few, you know, goons with him. I mean, the whole idea is he's kind of got this crew that are thinking they're CIA agents, um, you know, kind of government agents, but two of them are actually henchmen and, i mean we got this one dude oliver richards who's just like this giant of a man and they they really play up the camera work that he's supposed to be this giant guy then you got boyd holbrook who uh i just wish they'd given him more to do he you know he he's kind of just you know this chase guy um but we do have this character i thought what was pretty good mason who is uh, played by Chenette Renee Wilson. Yeah. Um, and she brings this kind of funk to it too. Like, you know, especially for the time era. And she's kind of the voice of reason when things start going crazy and they're they're shooting to kill to get some of this stuff. And then she's one of many victims in this movie who just die at some point.
1: Yeah, that's a big issue of this movie. There is a lot of senseless killing. I know we had like deaths, uh, oh, try again, deaths. We know we had a lot of death in a lot of films, and usually it's bad guy, but it was like a lot of innocent or good characters are just killed needlessly and very like abruptly. And like knowing uh, I would have liked Mesa's character to been like maybe Indy's sidekick for this. Like she's like, I'm, I'm coming with you. Yeah. Like, you know, and then we maybe take out the, the goddaughter element. Um, and, but what I did like about the element between her is we didn't have a romantic element where India wasn't like, oh, it's the flavor of the week. Also, he's a lot older. So, yeah. um, but I thought that was different. But yeah, she gets killed off. Also a bunch of, when the these goons are looking for Shaw looking for the dial there, he gets framed for murder of two of the teachers at this mm-hmm. college. And so like that was unnecessary. And then there's this whole sequence where he's like, oh, it, Dr. Jones is wanted for murder. And then we never revisit that later. Like he's on the run. And it's like, OK, so he
0: just never, f- <laughs> never. I mean, we get this huge long, you know, it was, it was heavily uh, put in the trailers, this, you know, horse chasing in New York. Yeah. Which I mean, in one is I'm like, OK, kind of cool. But it, that was the sequence I would actually cut from the film Yeah. because the movie is two and a half hours long. It, it does overstay its welcome a little bit. That was a sequence we didn't really need. Um, You know, this horse, this poor horse uh, having to ride through the subway system. Uh, with Boyd Holbrook chasing him down on a motorcycle. But, you know, then it's like, then the movie goes into now we're going to go to this part of the world and try to find this thing and go to this part of the world to find this thing. Oh, every time we do, guess who shows up? The Nazi guy. Yeah. And then they take it from us. Now we got to go to this thing. And it becomes just a chase movie. Um, you know, it's just like, let's go to this place. We go to Morocco. We go to this place. And every other time they show up, they, they take it. Um, and again, in every area, some small characters introduced. And then they are killed, every single
1: scene. Yes, we get um, a- Antonio Banderas as this other friend that he's wasted, had. wasted Waste, in this film, wasted element. Yeah, like why, was, like, we- why was he even cast in this film?
0: <laughs> you could have cast a random dude off the street for this role. They need a diver uh, to take them down. And actually, I, I enjoyed for the time period they had these like authentic looking, you know, dive suits to go down. And I did kind of like the element of. You know, is afraid of snakes, so they have this whole eel section where like, you know, eels attack him and it's a little creepy. But then of course it's like they find this thing, they get back to the boat. Oh, guess what? The Nazis have showed up and at some point they're like, You're gonna give us and tell us what we need the information. Um, you know, he can't read a certain code, but she can. And boom, they shoot Antonio Barnes and he just gets killed. And then Phoebe Woolbridge does this whole big dramatic sequence to Get their attention while she lights this piece of dynamite to throw at them so they can escape and she's all like yes we did it and actually glad they wrote this line and Harrison Ford's like my friend just died and she yeah. goes oh sorry and I was like yeah. Tudor Banderas was wasted he just got shot yeah <laughs> so I that was like the thing where I was like man I wish they had kind of taken a little way from the chase Element and done more with just you know, I don't, I don't know fueled it better because I do think the the second half gets a little better when it gets to um, you know the whole thing of this is this this device was built by Archimedes and there's this whole big kind of a cave they go to out of Sicily and when it gets to finally you know this this piece being put together and. You know, Indy even gets shot a little bit, and it's just you could tell for Shaw's character the whole time, she's been like, I really want this kind of more for the glory, you know, obviously more as a, you know, to be discovered this device, but she does warm up to, okay, Indy has watched over me and protected me, and I got to go save him. Yeah. So this whole end sequence. Of the actual time travel, what it does is it's the device where it, it looks for these time fissures, yeah, and like a vortex know, kind of like, like, like a vortex him. in a way. And Maz Mikkelsen's very much like, Oh, we'll be able to go back to World War II. He's already got an old uh Nazi plane ready, he's got Nazi outfits ready, and Harrison Ford's all tied up. And uh, you know, that's where the, in the trailer they saw that scene where the motorcycle's chasing down the. Pl- Plane. So in the rain, and people, you know, almost Toy Story 2, like, um, she's (laughs) hunting down to get into the wheel. Um, and, uh, and her little sidekick who they set up earlier, and, you know, he, he learns how to fly a plane, but he's never done it before. So of course, the hijinks of him, uh, taking this plane, they go into this time fissure and they actually go back to this, uh, Greek war. Um, and this actually was pretty cool because I was like, you know, there's there's been fantasy sci-fi elements in every Ann Jones movie. There's stuff that's happened that you can't explain unless it's religious or by some yeah. other means. So why wouldn't they do time travel? And they go to this huge scene and because they have these planes, the all these warriors who are in this giant sea battle are like, oh, that looks like a dragon, you know, and they're trying to shoot it down. And Harrison Ford is just crack, you know, cackling up being like, You went to the wrong time because you, you know, you didn't think of the the in the measurements and everything you could tell that Jurgens like freaking out he's like this is not where i'm supposed to be i'm supposed to be you know here and what was interesting too is a little uh element was i i wish we had the hero villain fight we never got that in this movie. no we we didn't
1: get any face off even with henchman number two uh boy hillbrook or yes and that's doesn't really get his comeuppance it's no yeah
0: like the eventually the plane gets destroyed, they parachute out. They've made it out, and I just wanted more. I wanted more time travel. I mean, it was a cool moment where earlier in the Archimedes' cave, they open his tomb and they see one that on the kind of on the shaping there. There's like a little figure that looks like it has a propeller on it, and then even Archimedes has like a watch. And you come to realize that's Jurgen's watch. Um, This whole time travel moment is just to go back to this moment. You know, Archimedes is building this so that they can find a way to stop this war from happening. So in a way, when that detail was was said, I was like, oh, so there was never going to be anything but this moment in time. But I wish the movie had gone more time travel through all of his adventures because maybe, you know, Mads Mickelson's character realizes all the times that Harrison Ford, you know, Indiana Jones has uh, outdone the Nazis in in multiple fashions. So maybe it's like he goes back in time to try to ruin all these things. It could have been a huge like time travel caper. Well, where he could have, hey, short and- round should have been in, in the movie, and that would have been, you know, a better use. Um, you know, especially Ke Kwan.
1: Uh, hello, just
0: won an Oscar. Hot, hot commodity right now. Yeah, um,
1: especially if we're going to bring back old characters, and we talk about wasted people that are brought back to just be killed off. Sure. I mean, even Solo, we John Reese Davis, we get Solo, which know. we saw in the trailer. He has a bit part in the beginning and a bit part of the end, and it was like, like they're almost like Bindi, I will go on these adventures. It's like, no, Sala, don't have the budget. You know. <laughs> something like like basically yeah. <laughs> she said that. Like he should have been along, or like instead of introducing all these too many new characters let's have, if we're going to go for that, let's do that element. And that mm-hmm. actually been a cool element where uh, Voler is like against India, and they're like, they're going through time and you see like, even if it was like clip through time, like even scenes from movies sure. and he yeah. sees him like fighting and he's like, like some sort of great quippy line. He's like, I always you know, come on top or something like that. Uh, something. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's what left well, even him.
0: like his, his whip. Yeah. He uses his whip one time in the movie. Yeah. In that scene that we saw in the trailer, over and over again, and never again. And I'm like, I just want a little more. You know, this is supposed to be kind of a last adventure, a last hurrah. I want a little more indie in his last adventure. I mean, there was yeah. a couple cool action sequences for sure. Um, I thought the Morocco chase scene was pretty, pretty damn good. But you know, it's like we've had better in the the franchise. And the way the movie ends, you know, he's in this Greece and he sees Archimedes, and he's he's of course. Shaking with emotion he's witnessing history that he studied his entire life Yep, his dad studied you know it's in the in the family and he's like i want to stay here i want to stay here and just live here and phoebe waller bridge is like you can't stay here because you might mess something up or whatever and she literally just knocks him out then he wakes up in new york i'm like yeah. one how, yeah. how the hell does she carry him up to the plane like, he, he's yeah, way Paul, heavier
1: yeah that's it's like to quote deadpool that's just lazy writing <laughs> yeah
0: and then he wakes up and it's like she's called Marion to come over and like buy groceries and they have like this little reconnection. And you could tell this was the ending that was like probably tacked on at the end. Like they, they probably had a different ending already planned and they did a reshoot or something, but the movie just ends. It's like just, Oh, and that's it. Happy note. He's back with Marion and uh, that's Indy. And we see the hat and it fades out. And I was just like, okay. You know, I, it wasn't like the, the grand ending I was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, with the villain pay off, uh, you know. Again, I would like a swing and a miss. You know, I, I I'd rather th- just not repeat, repeat, repeat. I just wish they'd gone bigger and bolder with the time travel, unless with the chasing throughout the whole stuff. So, you know, all in all, it, it's not a bad film by any means. You know, it has entertaining moments. Again, I love that first twenty five minutes, and I think James Mangold has a great eye for, you know, how to shoot a film and and the way to the to Use the cinematography. I just think it had some pacing issues, and it it just kind of I don't know if it was a battle with nostalgia and a battle with doing something new, yeah. Um, and maybe a battle with what was a you know Indy's ability. Uh, uh, you know, again, if you're gonna use stuntmen with with regardless. You know, he can't do everything at his age. Um, but John Williams did come back to score this film. Um, and it's you know great to hear that that score. Um, I like the new music he did, and of course just the theme will live on forever and infamy is one of the greatest movie themes of all time. So, you know, it's like, I look at Indy four and I, even though there's definitely problems with that movie, it just feels more Indiana Jones to me than this did overall, even though this checks a lot of the boxes, I just think it had a lot of potential and it could have been there. There was a better movie out there than the one we, we got. So I don't know. I kind of, at this time, after only one watch, that's hard to say, you know. Sometimes you need to see a movie, you know, a couple times. I think I'm going to give Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny like a six point five out of ten.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I might give it. A, I'm going to give it a six because, um, and it's funny because I did go back and rewatch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull after, and I felt more of appreciation for that film. There was some clunky stuff, but oh, we that, didn't talk
0: about um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shia LaBeouf's character. They, yes. they write that he uh, enlisted in the the war, uh, I'm assuming in Vietnam, and uh, he got killed. Yes. So that was kind of interesting too. like imagine what this movie would have been like if um, obviously there's been a lot of stuff going on with Shia LaBeouf the, the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, what if he had been in this movie as an older mutt, maybe helping with the journey? Um, would that have changed things? Um, don't know. But uh, that was interesting that they wrote that off. And I think that also fueled a lot of the alcohol uh, yeah. choices. So I'm like, all these people are like, you made A.J. Jones an alcoholic. I'm like, look for the details in the script. It yeah, sense. he lost
1: a son. He just found out he had you know, a strange with his wife. Yeah, so it did make more sense in that. And they actually, they couldn't not acknowledge his character. So I feel like how they read him, it, it made sense for that character. If you're going to write them off, that made sense, especially the time period. But yeah, it was very, definitely a disappointing outing. Like I said, I, there were some great moments, but there was not the Indiana Jones final triumph I was hoping for, but Hey, you can go out and check this for yourself, uh, or even go back and rewatch all four of the Indian Jones now streaming on Disney plus, but Indiana Jones and the Dial of destiny is in theaters now. And that was this edition of potential pips.